Welcome to episode seven, Often Wrong, Never in Doubt, special Thanksgiving episode. We talk all things turkey, but without the gobble. Hope you guys enjoy. Episode seven. This is a special Thanksgiving episode. We're going to talk about gratitude. We're going to talk about golf. We're going to talk about wine. Maybe some other weird things. And we're just really going back to our roots. Just you and me. We don't have a guest. That's right. Two amazing wait, guests. Don't, Thank don't, you. Don't don't hang up. We're coming on. Because <laughs> we yeah, don't yeah. have a guest. Just don't leave. <laughs> no. <clears throat> no, but we have we have presents to exchange, and so we thought it would be awkward in front of other people. That's right. We don't want to make people feel left out. Yeah. So we're back. Me and you in the barn once again. A couple days from Thanksgiving. Yeah, so yeah, this is this is the Thanksgiving. It's gonna be a little different. We're gonna talk about a few things which we'll get into. But as we have started the other episodes, we're going to start with fan mail. Ooh. Yeah. I, I've gotten a couple, and I have mine ready. I don't know if you've gotten anything you want to share. I haven't gotten anything. Oh. Huh. Well. I shared last week that my wife listened to an episode, and that's where we're at. <laughs> Kim actually listened to this one. But uh, I will say I got a couple of quick ones. New listener, George from Chicago, and I sent you his screenshot. He, he sent a whole email with a bunch of comments. Yeah, but he actually listened. Yeah, he listened. <laughs> listened. There was cliff notes. Uh, but he sent a e- nice email mentioning Adam, our, our guest, and who he knows because George is a member of uh, Berkeley All, even though he lives in Chicago. Uh, he said that he enjoyed getting to know more about Adam's story and how we don't often get to know people's story that we care about, which I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. And then our boy Derek lives up the street in Hampton Hall. D-Rock. Yeah, he just sent a screenshot of the podcast, and all he said was that 0.1% Adam talked about. Because Derek is a, he's a decent golfer. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if he's not 14 handicapped maybe, but he just strives to get better, and apparently that hit him. You know? The 0.1%. Yeah. We have a new listener named Mark. He actually sent me a text today, and his text was, he offered to buy me an iPhone if I cross over to the dark side. Oh, Mark. (laughs) I'm not doing it. Oh, come on. I'm not not doing it. I think it would be worthwhile. Well, no. Just so I could send you more memes. No, I like the green bubble or whatever I come up as. (sighs) I know. I know. It takes work. But I will say this on fan mail. Keep sending texts. We really appreciate it. Keep yeah. sending your text messages, but also, newsflash, now you could email us. Oh. Right? Yes. So we've started an email address. It is called oftenwrongpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Oftenwrongpod at gmail.com. So go ahead. We'll flood us with your questions, comments. Let's hear some of your silly stories too. We'll share them. Absolutely. On air. We say we put things in the link. We I don't know how to do that. Like how do you like where's the cloud? I don't even know. Like what, what do I do with my hands right now? I don't even know. The files are in the, the computer. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I'm still, if I'm, we figure out a way to put show notes in the episode, yeah. which I think we can, we'll put the yeah, uh, we'll put often wrong pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Feel free to email us. Sweet nothings or deep thoughts by Jackie. And if you're listening, we're thankful that you're listening because we've gone over the 500 mark. Which, Ooh, big day. Yeah, big day. Really big day. More we, than 500 downloads. It's actually 590. Almost six, it's almost 600 as of today. Yeah. 
I've downloaded it 497 times. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did the other 100. Oh. So. Nice. Well, good job. Well, we said in the last episode that we were going to buy each other a small gift. Yeah, for if and when we went over 500. Yeah. And we did. We did. So I, I think I have a, I mean, you have a gift, right? I have a gift. Good. I'm, all right. So it want... is better to give than receive. Okay. So I'm going to go first. Okay. So I apologize for this. Uh, so I'm giving Pratt a gift in a small, <clears throat> merry and bright canvas bag because I only had Christmas bags. I'll also need that back. Yeah. Because no. I stole it from my One, wife. 100%. So. <laughs> so 100%. Oh my goodness. Are, so the, are these I am, coasters? I am concerned about getting red wine on your walnut table here. You did such a better job. Oh, oh you're such some, a good gift giver. We did some coasters. I, we got a yeah. So it has the often wrong, never in doubt artwork that we might be doing some merch. By the way, this is um, it. as coasters. <laughs> that is a great gift. I feel kind of bad about my gift, although it's kind of funny too. So that's fantastic. Coasters. Yeah. It has our first episode when it was released. Even though I recorded it 17 months earlier. <laughs> Joking, that was a day. That's the release. So date. I didn't wrap mine, For so I'm, sure. I'm actually going to put mine back in your bag. <laughs> oh, nice. I like this. Here, look, and look at this. Back. And now I have the bag yeah. back for you, Grace. Yeah. Like I never even left it. Yeah. Oh, I know. These are so spheres. Well, but they're golf ball. No. Look, so let me. Open. So here's why. So these are golf ball ice maker spheres. There's a lot of plastic wrap right there. Sorry. Yeah, sorry if I'm making too much noise here. Way you're, you know, it. we talk about golf, you're getting into golf. I do think it's kind of funny though, for two reasons. First is every time I come to your house, you don't ever have ice. And so I'm hoping that you'll have a, a golf ball. <laughs> I'll at least have a golf ball. A golf ball shaped sphere, sphere. For you. The second reason that's funny to me is oh, I love that. I'm re-gifting. So I, this was a tea gift at a at a charity thing a couple weeks ago. That's awesome. But as soon as I got it, I was like, I've got to give this to Stephen for Christmas. But now I'm giving it to you for a 500 episode. I love it. Well, and you don't really drink bourbon. So these big ice cubes don't make a ton of yeah. sense for you. So thank you very much. I appreciate this. Well, thank Good you. Good gifts. This is pretty awesome. All around. Now we won't get red wine on your table. I love and it. We'll feel good about it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Good. So as we said, this is the Thanksgiving edition. We're hopefully, giving thanks. Hopefully you guys are listening on your way home, uh, maybe, or to or to your, your in-laws or your family or what's going on. Maybe it's a Wednesday because we're, we're talking like we're right around the corner of Thanksgiving. Maybe you're going. Maybe you're coming. Um, I don't know. But I want to start with uh, a question for you. Okay. Curious. What kind of Thanksgiving Day traditions... Have you developed? Are you developing? Or did you have as a child share, share something with me? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because you asked me this question and I said to Grace, and we both looked at each other and we said, people have Thanksgiving traditions? <laughs> and I kid you not. The Thanksgiving tradition in my house was we stayed home. We cooked a turkey. My mom would make homemade mashed potatoes. We'd have the jellied cranberry sauce out of the can. That's the only, the way, only way to have it. Homemade yeah, and it has, it has those ripples in it, right? Great, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Grand biscuits. So, like, the food was more of the tradition, but we didn't really go and visit a bunch of families, anything like that. When Grace and I first got married, and almost until we moved to South Carolina, we'd go to do a big family Thanksgiving with her family. And for years, that was amazing. This is the first year that we do not have big Thanksgiving <laughs> plans. Well, you have some pretty big plans now. 
we were just going to stay home. We were going to just order from like a local restaurant and not have to cook and just have a nice day. And then bull cocky, uh, you guys were gracious enough to invite us. But as far as I, you know, hopefully this becomes a new tradition yeah, in terms of like friends hanging yeah. out because this is going to be a ton of fun. The kids are su super excited. But growing up, didn't really have any tradition. Did you guys? Did you have, or do you now have yeah. traditions? Yeah. So um, well, we're excited. Uh, I mean, I think I don't know if the shells are listening to this, but they used to come up for Thanksgiving. They uh, lived here for a while and down in they're in Texas and now in Florida. And uh, we're going to miss you guys. But we love opening our house. I mean, I think stewardship, you know, is um, you know is being able to bless others with, you know, things you've been given and, and we're grateful. We're, we love hospitality. So we're thankful you guys are coming over. We've got a good crowd, a lot of family, but you know, when Kim and I first got married and probably 50 pounds ago for me, you know, she kind of tried to convince me to run the five Ks on Thanksgiving and, oh yeah, the turkey fight. Yeah, thing. and I yeah. gotta tell you, it was very reluctant, um, and we did it for a couple of years, and I got fearful that we'd become that family that ran five Ks on holidays, and I didn't want to be that. <laughs> right. We had kids. <laughs> I don't want this. I didn't want that for my kids. <laughs> yeah, I just my my best friend growing up actually he does it. I see the post things all the time. The kids do it. They it's do. It's not it. what I wanted. And they're up in the north, so it's cold. No, 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 no. I wanted mimosas and watch the Thanksgiving Day parade and you know cook and just relaxed yeah. you know, from that. But um, it's not a tradition. I do fry a turkey every yeah. year. I've done that since college. But I will say this. We we have one tradition, and I think you got to witness it the other night. Yeah. Um, it's it's probably our most meaningful. My kids joined down. Tradition is the thankful turkey. And um, we do it. We start on November 1st. Yep. And uh, it's fun. It's a little craft project. We cut out the body of a turkey. It looks like a peanut. Um, and then we cut a bunch of little feathers out and we have the tradition at dinner time after our highs and lows, we get to do a thankful feather. And so everybody does, everybody it does it. And you just write something you're thankful for. Yeah. And then you put your name, I put my initials and it's kind of fun because the kids have really em always embraced it. I mean, it's funny. Shelby was home for fall break and she wanted to be in charge of feathers. Yeah. Um, but Sadie has taken that over. She's and, like, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. You've left the nest. The feathers um, are mine. But what's really cool is in the moment you get to hear what your kids are thankful for and you know that kind of stuff. But I can't speak for Kim, but I catch myself walking by and you just read, I mean, mm. 30, 40 feathers. Um, and it has the initials of what you're thankful for. And it's just an awesome reminder. Great tradition. I like it. We well, might steal it. You should still <clears throat> to well, some, uh, you know, to some effect. I don't know well, exactly if we'll do the. I'm a, feathers, and, and this is not my quote for today, but I say this all the time. I think that joy comes from an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, and I know that we're talking about one month a year. I mean, I think we need to focus on gratitude every single day. Yeah, but to put it up on the wall, which is actually a sliding door next to our dinner table, and to have it up all month. Mm -hmm. um, we take a picture of it every year and we catalog it. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. So over the years, you can see oh, yeah. what everybody's been oh, yeah. thankful for over the years. That's very cool. Yeah. I love sure. it. It's a, that is a, well, hey, if you have Thanksgiving traditions, <clears throat> feel free to email us at the uh, Gmail address because we want to know what you guys are doing yeah. for Thanksgiving. If you have cool traditions, maybe you have really weird traditions. Maybe you have something you don't really want to share, but if you email it to us, it will be aired. 
So be careful. No, um, not all of them, but maybe the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or if the you're weirdest. A, yeah, or yeah. if it's weird, someone definitely. That, someone that cooks turtle soup or something, that would be weird. That would be um, weird. So, well, talking about Thanksgiving, we're gonna let's talk about this wine for a second. Okay. I haven't we ha- I haven't had a sip of it. I have. Okay. Guilty as charged okay. with the wine. Well, first of all, I went to the, the store today, local store. I wanted to do something that people could find. Which I've, I appreciate you doing the extra the work here because it is nice to be able to get a decent bottle at a decent yeah. price locally. Like it's not yeah. some weird. Uh, I'll never have that wine. Yeah. So thank you. No problem. I full disclosure. Because I know what type of grape this is, and it's a straight, uh, I'll say in a second, I did decant this. So it has been open for about an hour. Okay. Okay. But you would be thinking of Thanksgiving Day. Um, You would have time to do that. But all right. So today's Thanksgiving Day wine, I went, I kind of went for a reach, but I thought it'd be good with with turkey. It is called Tres uh, Picos, the Three Peaks. It's Spanish. It's a Garnacha. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 2019. Now, Garnacha is the Spanish word for Grenache grape. Okay, Grenache grape. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fun fact. Fun fact. At one point in time in the world, it was the second most planted vine in the entire world. Garnache was. Really? Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's Spain is known for it. I mean, it typically has a lot of earth and slate. It's very dark and stuff like that. Um, I have not tasted this yet, so I'm going to take a quick sip, and well, we're going to cheers. Salute, cheers. Hey, ha- happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. All right, smell, smell. I like it. I like it. My what initial thought is really nice. You can smell the earthiness yeah. before you taste anything, which it's funny because you said that, and then I put my nose to it, and I was like, oh, that is like a face full of dirt. Well, it's known for that. And then, yeah, this will pair beautifully. I don't know about, I mean, turkey out of the gate, but what I do know it will pair well with is the next day, Grand's biscuit turkey <laughs> with cranberry sauce on top. Yeah. That's going to be the sandwich. With this one, well, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna have to go buy another bottle of this because I'm gonna challenge you on that because I do a Cajun rubbed deep fried. Oh, well, now turkey, you're changing the whole deep out. fried turkey in peanut oil, and I can tell you this would do well. I um, love the fact that we're just gonna stand around and watch a turkey fry. That's true. Well, it's good. I'm gonna just give you my quick thoughts on it. It is very fruit forward. It's very dark. I taste a lot of earth, but it's interesting for a Spanish wine. It does have a lot of fruit. I mean, even red fruits, which is kind of rare. Yeah. Like cherries and strawberries. Yeah. I was but, actually thinking, you know, this might actually pair well even with the short. I'm just going to read for, so this, this is the Tres Picos, Three Peaks, Garnacha from Bar, Barossa. Uh, Barroso. I was hoping you were going to say Bartolomé. Oh, no. Bar, Barceo. Barceo. I'm uh, sorry. Ba- I'm, I, I took French. Not Barceo. Barceo. Barcelona. Okay. Here's the winemaker notes real quick because I want people to. So it's deep and sweet. Uh, it's in cherry red in color. Hint of purple tones. That's true. Oh, it's purpley. It definitely is. It's verbally. Uh, on the nose, there's a boundless bouquet of mature red fruits. Look at I that. I like the alliteration. I like that. Boundless Traces bouquet. of flowers that are typical in the best garnachas or garnache. <laughs> so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to the Vivino app 
because they do. A, oh yeah, I like that app. Yeah, they do a sliding scale on four characteristics. Okay. Um, you know, whether it's lighter, bold, smoother, tannic, dry, or sweet. So it's all the way bold, which I can get. It's mm -hmm. medium tannic. It's very. It's a lot like us. It's very dry. Very bold. And it's in the middle of soft and well. It's, not that part. It says, here's the top comments. I'm just going to read them. Vanilla oak chocolate. The other one's blackberry plum dark fruit. And then the third most cherry strawberry red fruit. So I think we were on point. Yeah. But guys, you can find this at a store. It's $17. Come on. So I was going to go buy a $30, $35 bottle because I want to impress somebody. I'm telling you this and i did a picture last one of the slam dunk yeah i think this is actually better than i think slam it's better dunk. too yeah i was just gonna say that and slam dunk I, was good if you if you brought this and had a little bit of knowledge you know you went to the family dinner or whatever and said hey you know i know grenache is not but try it like man i think i'm impressed with it yeah i like it it'll go well with your charcuterie board and prosciutto you, with some blackberries and things do you know like what that? it's gonna really go well with I don't know if Cajun turkey. I don't know if anyone from the cottage in downtown Bluffton is listening. Ooh, but go on. But we added a family called the Lindmans, and they make some of the best desserts in the world at the cottage. So I happened to get a chocolate bourbon pecan pie. Shut your mouth. And a triple German chocolate cake that is added on to my mother-in-law makes some great cakes as well, uh, pies, um, those type things. They have a little bit of a New York tint to them, so. I'm going with a little southern, but I'm thinking this, mm. but that chocolate bur bourbon pecan pie with a scoop of vanilla. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Bring in the meat wagon. <laughs> oh right, my we're 18 God. and a half minutes in. Let's okay, we're, we're going to keep going. We're keeping going because this will be a short one. Okay. Do you have a favorite Thanksgiving Day food? So I actually, I, so for those who are listening, Pratt. In his attempt to get me prepared for stuff, will send me some topics he wants to talk about, and oftentimes I just don't prepare. But today I did, and by prepare I mean I bounced ideas prayers off my wife. Are, prayers are answers answered. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I asked Grace. I said I have something that I want to share, but because we were invited to the house, I don't want to get roped into making it. So I'm happy to share my favorite Thanksgiving okay. dish with you previously, but understand it's not an offer to bring. Yeah, got it. To Thanksgiving. Okay. Full disclosure. And the reason is because it's a real pain to make, but it is worth it if you're going to be cooking all day anyway. And it is a cornbread, rosemary, sage, sausage stuffing. Mm. Mm. And if you homemake the cornbread, if yeah. you do the extra step of homemaking the cornbread so it's not too sweet, are you growing corn? Is that how you mean homemade? If you grow the corn are you, yourself. Are you, what about bobbing? Hey, if I hand shuck corn. I hand shuck corn. corn. <laughs> if you're using the queen white corn, as you should mm. with cornbread. Um, cream or just regular? Man, just, no, just regular cornbread. Okay. No, no, cream, queen white. Oh, you're taking corn. Sheen creams? Oh. I thought sheen cream. Are you actually taking a corn cob and taking the corn off, or are you getting a can of corn that's the queen white? Oh, I'm. I don't know. I don't know how you oh. made. We my wife made this. Sorry. We digress. But cornbread, okay. sausage stuffing. It was just phenomenal. Nice. That's the best thing I think we've made over the years. Now the the my my favorite <clears throat> most like consistent thing that shows up during Thanksgiving is definitely cranberry sauce. Oh, out of yeah. the can. It's good because I'm simple. So for me, 
I never can have just one single answer. So the, the deep frying the turkey and kind of being and not sexist, women of the house can do this, but it's my role. I deep fry the turkey, you know, be, carving it up and getting it ready. And, you know, there's that 15, 20 minutes and, you know, tasting that first piece. Mm. And we, uh, we joke in our family that we have to taste it to make sure it's not poisonous. Of course. And, you know, I kind of used to slap the hands of the kids, but now I let them try to taste that piece. No touchy. No. <laughs> uh, but we make sure it's not poisonous. That's, it's meaningful for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's my most favorite. I would tell you, I'm a sucker for an unbelievable sweet potato souffle. I mean, with the, you know, pecans are, uh, some people do walnuts, but pecans in the, in the uh, marshmallows, it's a dessert, right? Oh, Brown is. sugar. Yeah. That probably is one of my favorites, but uh, I'll tell you, I love leftovers, but not the way that you think I like leftovers where like the next day I make a sandwich, like you said. Yeah. I omelets. So no, no, no. So I will take you know the rest of the bird or the carcass, whatever, and pull it or or, or even boil down to a stock or something. Yeah, and make some soups. And sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. But it kind of just makes the day last longer. You know? Yeah, like I'm feeling productive. You know, now it's four thirty-five. Right. Everyone's just sitting around, and I'm still doing something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that says about me, but. But no, you just have to be busy. But the next day, like if you make, I've made a just awesome brown rice turkey, you know, soup and you freeze it up, oh. giving it to some of my yeah. you know, cohorts, coworkers. And sometimes it's good. Like I said, sometimes it's bad, but I don't know. I don't know if that answers. I mean, if I had to go with one thing, I mean, the sweet potato souffle is okay. so good. So good. I like it. Yeah. I also would like to petition to make turkey brisket. I know like. I don't know what that is. Oh, just to mean like. So fried turkey is different, right? That's a different animal. Once I moved down south, I started learning. Well, I think turkey, turkey and turkey are the same animals. No, no. I'm saying that oven-baked turkey often dries out. Yeah. Fried turkey doesn't. Never. So for 40 years of my life, I just thought turkey was awful. So I was like, can we just switch this to a brisket? Oh, oh I see what you're saying. Like, let's make turkey brisket, and then we'll have a great thing. Have you ever had a Topher Durkin? Oh, are you done? I'm sorry. Hey, what? Topher Durkin or what it's called? Turducken? Turducken. I've not had a turducken. I've never had that either. But a tofurducken is not meat-based, and that's a slappable offense. Yeah. As the Germans would say, backfifing a seicht. Yes. Which is a slappable face. Let's move on. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. Did we just go there? We did. Okay. We had to. I think people need to understand that there's some words that don't translate directly. True. Well, we are going to make this a shorter episode, so we've got one or two more topics. Um, so we talk about dad life a yes. lot, and um, so you know we haven't de- you know delve into our fathers. That's true. And so I think as a, a Thanksgiving, you know, like is there something you're thankful for, a memory or something, or for your dad, like something you would want to share? Hmm. Well, that's an interesting question because my dad left when I was born. I don't know if we talked about the taste. I do know that. What? But no, this is actually a good topic. And I thought about this because although that did happen, there was another man that stepped up and who I called dad my whole life. And he adopted me when I was four years old. Everybody always asked, how do you have a Jewish last name? Look like a ginger. 
And uh, that's how, because I was actually adopted. So my you last don't name. You look like a ginger. You are a ginger. Fine for now. Okay. As it continues to turn white, it will become less Okay. So, so you know, I, I say that because when you said, hey, maybe we should talk about something that we're thankful with our dads about, I laughed out loud first. And I was like, well, that's a funny story. But it did really lead me to, man, getting adopted by my dad. He did not have to do that. Right, men don't have to step into kids' lives and and decide to adopt them. He adopted me and my brother, and he raised us as his own. And even though my parents got divorced later, our relationship was something that changed the trajectory of my entire life. For sure, yeah. Who I met, who I was around, his family, even my grandfather, who was the first entrepreneur I ever met when I was younger, who really kind of started that spark in me, going, "Man, maybe I could do something on my own." And then just, you know, moving from living in apartments and with friends to having our own home and growing up in a stable household, going to the same schools and things like that. So if I could say anything, you know, my dad's my my dad has passed since, but I am grateful for him stepping yeah. up and stepping in and really changing the trajectory of not just my life, but now that I have kids, their lives as well. Yeah. So life changing. Do you have, a, do you have, a, fun, do you have a, a fun story, a memory or something that? Oh man, I have not, this. I had this amazing photo of us, and I was uh, six years old, and he had a big bushy beard. Like this was, uh, I don't know, eighty eight, nine, ninety, and uh, I have this bowl cut, towhead blonde hair, and I'm standing on the bathroom vanity, and he's got his shaving cream on. And he's shaving his neck right, and he's got this big seventies uh, beard going, and. I have all of this shaving cream all over my face and I guess a plastic razor and we're just shaving oh, yeah. together. Oh, yeah, that was the best. And man, I tell you, every time I walk by that photo and I see that, it just makes me smile. Yeah. Because just those those little dad moments. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, it was very cool. That is awesome. And there are a lot of little dad moments. You know, obviously I did send you preparation notes. Not, no, look, preparation A through G we're a failure. That's right. Just so you know. But preparation H, H on the whole, winner feels pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Austin Powers. Uh, so I actually have a bigger dad moment to share. Not as an uh, uh, one up. I just I need the adoption, and I thought you were gonna you know bring the heat. But the the, the small memories are amazing. That wasn't the heat. No, it was really good. Okay. <clears throat> no, it was really good. I didn't, perspective. You know? I know. I, I, it was really good. <laughs> well, I, I think my memory was interesting. So my dad is still around, and I, he graces me with his present in my office all the time. <laughs> From time to time. Yeah. And, uh, but I just had a <clears throat> sermon by uh, Bill McCutcheon, um, Presbyterian Church on Hilton Head, on the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. And um, he does this amazing sermon, and I can't remember the date and stuff. This was just recently, and maybe I'll post it. It's so good. But he does it from the perspective and really analyzing both children. Yeah. Not just the parallel son, but also the older son. Yeah. Um, His which, jerk brother. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, which is like the <laughs> self-righteous, I did everything right. And I won't go really into that. But he points out uh, the characteristics of love and, you know, biblically and some other things. And it reminded me of this story of my dad. Mm. Um, and look, I'll tell you, my dad is great with our kids he likes to tell funny stories about me as a child 
they're all when I make mistakes. Yeah. Not, and, and I think, and he only partially tells the truth. Like, you know, he doesn't tell the whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think he's humanizing me, which I think is good. Dads need to be humanized. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to tell you the story that he tells my kids, but I'm going to tell you the part that he doesn't tell. Okay. But I'm going to tell it right. Yeah. Well, the part <laughs> he doesn't tell. We call it the fireworks and wildfire. So, oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> That's a great title. So, um, see so, where this is going. Well, uh, 13 years old, summer, and uh, we had this little hole-in-the-wall box lake house. I mean, literally center box walk box like house in Santee, South Carolina. Uh, my dad trusted me with fireworks, which was great. Uh, it was lunchtime. He was going to go to, to um, oh my gosh, what's called the, the Santee Diner? No, 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 no. Sorry, Summerton. Summerton Diner. Okay. The Summerton Diner. Oh my gosh, I apologize. It was this great place. And uh, I did have a friend there. And he's like, you can stay home. You can shoot fireworks off the dock over the lake. Do not, these are bottle rockets, do not go in the front yard and shoot fireworks because there is a forest there. Right. So we're like, yes, <laughs> Makes sir. Makes sense. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, sir. Of course, as 13-year-olds do, do. What did I do? Uh, <laughs> we set up about 27 bottle rockets. We wanted to, like, you know, wrap mission to Mars. One of them fell over, shot into the trees. You can imagine what happens. We start to see smoke. I'm not going to go into all the details, uh, but... We run across, and this is, you know, 50, 60 yards. We run across, and if you've ever been in a pine forest, it's all pine needles, and it grows fast. So what would be the size of a barrel, like, you know, maybe three, four feet ring of fire? Um, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't put out with my foot. So I ran home at 13, tried to get, like, a cup of water. By the time I got back, the flames were up on trees. Uh, It spread to the size... Yeah, it is full panic. Full well, not just full panic, full forest fire. So you don't understand, this is nineteen ninety one. Yeah. Uh we're in Goat Island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh right outside of, you know, out of Summerton. And there's no fire department. So I go and I mean you're talking about, you know, brr, 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 phone. So I call nine one one. He was doing the rotary, by the way. Yeah, rotary. And I'm like, hey, there's a forest fire. And they're like, we have to call the volunteer fire department. So we run back over. Now it's a full-fledged two or three acres burning, and it's heading towards oh, a trailer park. Oh, God. Okay? No, it's like legit. I'm in full panic mode trying to stomp this thing out. Actually, a piece of something flies up on my leg and attaches and kind of on fire and burns. I'll tell you about a minute. I got a pretty bad burn, but I'm going, I start going to the trailer park at 13 years old. It's like you evacuate. Like, Banging on doors. Yeah. Like, there's hey, fire yeah, yeah. coming. There's fire coming. And I, I'm, I can't make this up. Guy is already out there. It's the middle of the day in a robe, a blue robe. I'll never forget <laughs> it. Open with a bathing suit on with a big beer belly. He's drinking a beer in one hand and he's got his hose out and he's just hosing his yard down. <laughs> He just hoses his yard down. He's like, kid, I got this, you know? <laughs> got it. We're fine. Uh, so anyways, we can go through all what happens. The fire truck shows up and takes care of stuff. And so my my dad is at, at, at lunch. He's still at lunch. He's at lunch the whole time. So he, he, you know, he shows up to a scene with EMS, fire trucks, and I am in the back of an ambulance getting treated. My legs getting wrapped for third degree burn or second degree. I can't remember. I had a huge blister on my shin. And like the, 
I can't the face, the panic. And this also like, you know. So here's what the dad story goes. He tells my kids, oh, you know, Pratt shot a firework and started a fire fire. Ha ha ha. And listen, here's the story I want to say. I was scared to death. 13 years old, burned leg, all this stuff. I am sitting on a concrete step to this block building and I'm watching my dad shake the hands of the firemen and the EMS 50 yards away. Mm. And I am scared to death. That he's going to kill you. Oh, he's going to kill me. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> you know, full story, like my dad, farmer in Tennessee, raised, you know, works-based kind of, that's how you prove your value. Um, super held me accountable to so many things. Nothing negative, but just, it was, you know, um, but I was full belief that my life was over. Done. Like, over. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was... You know, because he already told me not to do it. I did it. And not only that. Look at the repercussions. Look at the repercussions. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, and this is why that the story of the prodigal son reminded me is so he walked over from the EMS, which was 50 yards away, and I'm dreading this heads down, right? On my head, you know, my head's down in my hands. My dad sits down next to me on this concrete step, puts his arm around me, and he's like, Hey, I'm glad you're okay. And I love you. And I'm proud of you for how you handle it. And I'm like, I'm waiting for the, but I'm going to kill you. Right. Right. You're grounded for life. You know, you didn't listen. I was right. I told you so. I was ready. I was ready for all that. Which yeah. I and he goes, and I'm not going to punish you. And I looked up and I, I imagine the face like of shock of a 13 year old kid. Like you're ready for death. Yeah. And I looked up and he, and he could see my face and he looked at, I'll never forget. He goes, I can only imagine the fear and how alone you felt in that fire mm. is greater than any discipline that I could ever give you. And I know you never want to experience that again. And I'm like, mm. so it was a cool, like a, a thankful dad moment because, you know, in the little things, the homeworks, the discipline, the drills and basketball, all the silly little things. Cause I think as dads, we basically have to say no all the time yeah, and correct and, you know, put guidelines up. But in that moment, I remember thinking, huh, like looking back, I can, well, it's, it's, well, looking back, I can definitely see that what a definition of, you know, when you look at love in the Bible and it says, you know, there's kindness, there's patience. Like he chose mercy, mercy, Grace and mercy right. in that moment. In that moment is what I deserve. My a you know what whipped and I and I did get spanked a lot of. I deserved it. Sure, but it just. But in those in the right moments, right? Yeah, I, it reminds me of the story of when um, you know the the king had some thief and he was like, all right, sent some to death, and the mom threw herself in front of him and said, "Show him mercy, king," and he said he doesn't deserve mercy. And she said, if he deserved it, it wouldn't be mercy. Be mercy yeah. And, you know, in those moments, and I, as a dad, I still look at these moments and I'm like, okay, is this a correcting moment? Is this a disciplining moment? Or yeah. is this a moment for mercy and grace? And that's really cool. Well, your kids are younger <clears throat> than ours and mine and Kim's. So I think it's really cool that you're thinking that way. I didn't think that way at 27 and 29 when we had our kids. 
Well, and I I'm don't older know. when I have kids yeah. that age. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'm winning those moments. And good mentors. Yeah. Just well, being able to bounce stuff off people. Well, I, I hope I'm winning those moments, but I don't know if I am. I mean, I'm, I, I well, now all of your kids have the email address to the podcast, yeah. so you'll find out. Oh, I don't it might know. be anonymous. But. Well, <laughs> the biggest thing is, do we have the presence of mind in those moments to not be reactionary? Yeah. But to be thoughtfully intent, you know, yeah, intentional. that emotional quotient to take right. a minute. I mean, I analyze versus I'm react. Ten times better at forty-five than I was at twenty-seven, no doubt. Yeah, of course. I mean, and I know I failed. Well, it's reps under the bar. Oh, it is. You get well, better a, because, yeah. oh my God, these and kids like keep said, putting a ton of pressure on me. Oh, and I know I failed. <laughs> I know I failed more than I've succeeded. You know, only the kids maybe will look back and know. But I still have time. You know, we still have time to. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Good stuff. I love the dad life section. Yeah. That was a great story. Well, I will say um, for me going in, you know, we talk about kind of golf and aha quotes. I'm going to combine mine. Okay. Um, so, but I don't want to, I want you to talk. Do you have any golf stuff or any quotes, aha stuff you want to talk about before we wrap up? No golf stuff. I do have a quote. No golf stuff this week. It's been a little gloomy. We haven't played a lot. I am playing uh this weekend for a church outing, which I'm so excited for because it's my first scramble. So I moved into this community, as you know, that doesn't do like real scrambles. Yeah. Everybody has like all these rules and yeah. you do like this different. So this is really like a church. Nobody's really that good. We're going to do a scramble. And I bought a, uh, a mulligan package. Oh, So I get two mulligans. A ten foot yard of string to move it in any direction. When so I this want isn't to. golf. This is just this is fun time. golf. Oh, fun golf. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can throw it once. So NFL. Throw it. So NFL. Like, it's like NFL blitz, but for golf. Okay, I'm really excited I'm about, about say, it so because you guys are so rule oriented when we play. I'm like, can't we just pick it up and throw it? And now I can. That's cool. So, go ahead. Is it? Is it to? Is it a chair? Is it for the? church or is it yeah yeah it's all it's all oh. benefit to the church oh, that's and cool. ministry and stuff yeah. that's awesome those are fun there's a lot of fun um we've done charity scrambles which is all fun but fun things where you have to swing blindfolded or swing left yeah yeah swing left-handed or for your knees um you get a throw you get a string right you get a kick and it's fun yeah. yeah i mean golf is tough so those kind of things you know you know i love playing maybe golf, we're coming but... up to someone when we start playing with when we get with MT and Richie Rich, maybe we start offering you to be able to purchase a throw. Like, you know, when we have our, that would be fun. It's a hundred percent out of a sand trap every little, single time. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, Sandman, you're, you're, no, you're no Hasselhoff, just so you know. I actually you have hit some really nice shots out of Sandman. Well, I, you have seen it, don't you lie. How did that happen? Great coaching Oh, and great listening. But you're not a Hasselhoff yet. You're not, you don't look in the sand. Just saying. So you know. <laughs> we're working on it. It's good. All right. So, <laughs> well, so my quote is actually going to be tied to our last episode. But I thought you said golf and quote yeah, together. Yeah, it's together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. So last night, um, so my, my son JP doesn't listen to the podcast, which I don't expect him to, but I asked him to listen to the last 10 minutes of episode six because Adam had some wisdom on golf oh yeah about, right about the 0.1 better and he made a comment about so-and-so i was a trivino or somebody expecting to have seven you know bad swings 
And uh, JP, before we went to bed last night, he's like, hey, I listened to the last 10 minutes. I don't agree with that statement about seven. And I'm not going to go into, you know, arguing with your 16-year-old son. Ah, wait, but, wait a minute. Just for clarity, your 16-year-old knew he, better than the golf pro? He said. Weird. He, he didn't agree. Now, what happened, we, 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 had, we, had a, we had a nice discussion. And what happened was he didn't understand the context. He was like, I don't want to think that I'm playing good and I still have seven bad shots coming. And I, that's valid. Yeah, yeah. Where I what I was trying to explain to him is it's a mindset. Preparation Meaning, and not every shot's going to be perfect. Right. And also, if you hit a bad shot, it's not like, oh my gosh, it's in the world. Catastrophic. Hey, I knew I was going to hit a couple. How do I get myself back in the fairway to possibly say far, but most likely the worst case make bogey? And because if you can figure out how to just worst case make bogey and you eliminate doubles and triples, it changes your score dramatically. I've been following a guy recently who's been talking about how you think that by getting more pars and birdies will get you from a 17, which is what I am, yeah. down to a single digit. And he just hammers home constantly. That differential statistically is not really moving the needle. It's your blow-up holes. It's your three putts. It's your hitting it 75 yards out of bounds instead of 50 yards out of bounds, right? Which, or not out of bounds, but yeah. 50 yards out, into the rough. Like, And like, it's so encouraging to see that even tour players, right, yeah. will will rip one fifty yards out of uh, yeah. off of the fairway, and but it's recovery. It's, it's that mindset of going, okay, that's yeah. not a blow up hole. It's I'm gonna still go make par, or even and, just bogey, just or just make bogey, bogey, and not triple, triple. right, right. <laughs> I mean, because it comes to expectations. If you expect, like we talked about, to hit every shot perfect, which golf is not. And you're walking around in that moment like, oh, I didn't hit it good, I didn't hit it good. And then you get mopey and you skull one out and you chunk one, whatever. You make a double or triple versus, all right, I made one bad shot. Right. And let me go and try to save this. Let me hit a, you know, a smart shot out in the fairway. Let me try to get up and down. Worst case, I'm making a bogey. Yeah. So that is that is an awesome discussion we had last night. But it, it, it reminded me of the quote because I was – telling him about expectations hmm. and he was like well i don't want to expect to hit a bad shot and i was like no that's not the case the case is you want to do your best but if you expect to hit a bad shot and you're frustrated when you don't because golf is i mean you're talking about fractions of a millimeter and timing and you know you're talking about yards i mean it's a fickle game oh then you're going to be your your mood the whole round is going to be down because you're not hitting the shots you want so here's the quote. I heard this, and I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but I heard it the other day, and it really was interesting. I, I don't. I got to give credit to somebody. I got to find out. But here's the quote: Our mood comes from our expectations minus the current reality. Mm. Now, think about that with anything. Go into a restaurant. Think about that with quality time with your wife. Yeah. If what her expectations were for date night versus the current reality. Think about, and I'm not putting on your wife, think about us. Think about, I mean, we go to golf, like we think we're gonna hit the one, two yard draw and we hit the you know one yard fade and whatever. Our mood is our expectations minus our current reality. Yeah. It's interesting, right? It's very similar to another quote that I heard from a, a good friend of mine who said frustration 
is when expectations don't meet up with reality. Yeah. And to both of these quotes point, you only have control of one of those things. That's right. And it's not reality. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it, it is a good reminder. I mean, you think about anything, your children, you want your children to be quiet in church or, you know, whatever it is. And you have this desired expectation, you know, of getting a family photo for a Christmas card and it just doesn't happen well. It's amazing. And then you, you, My favorite is the families that actually just send out the crazy photo. Yeah. Like it's just chaos and they send it out. Like I love that because right. they're not trying to be perfect, right? They're not trying yeah. to, you know, it was funny. My my mother-in-law came in last night and it's, you know, seven o'clock and my wife is running around cleaning the house. And, you know, I yelled to the kids. I was like, hurry up, kids. Can't look like anybody lives here. <laughs> and Grace just started cracking up. Like, you got to break yourself out of these moments of like, what are we yeah. doing? Why, why are we setting these expectations? Expectations. And what's it doing to our mood? Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a great intersection. It's, it's a whole nother episode. Totally. But like, epi- you know, expectations on, on relationships. I mean, think about... You know, and then it's oh man. We're not going to do a whole episode on this. Have, I have a great couple questions yeah. that you can ask your partner or counterpart, friends, yeah. whatever. That three questions that you can ask each other that will just set up beautiful expectations. Okay, yeah. I think it's my turn. No, you already did it. You did your quote. I didn't do a quote. Oh, what's your quote? Oh no, I just said that reminds me of a quote <laughs> that lines up with your. Oh, quote. go, go, go. All right. So as it's a Thanksgiving episode, well, I have a. I'm going to close. With something, but so okay, good. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna say my quote, and it's uh, I went, I went back, right? I went. Can I, I went, guess it? Yeah, go ahead. Gobble 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 gobble. Okay, okay, go ahead. It's actually from Epicurus. Ooh. So, do not spoil what you have by desiring what you have not. Hmm. Remember that what you now have was once among the things you only hoped for. Preach it. I love that. Right? Yeah. And it's such a good reminder for all of us because I feel like especially as you're, you know, always looking towards the next thing, you forget that where you're at today is where you wished you were 10 years ago or five years ago or three years ago or whatever. So Epicurus. Joy comes from the attitude of gratitude. That's perspective of your blessings and where you're at. Yeah. Same exact. I mean, it's not the exact, but what you're saying is. 100%. I love it. So here's But what, it's timeless, right? You go back to yeah. Roman and Greek times thousands of years ago. This is BC stuff. And they're still talking about the same things that we are still having a hard time grasping today. Yeah. So that makes me think about, I want to talk about cartoons some, some episode. Because I used to read the Saturday morning cartoons. Okay. And, you know, Garfield, BC, and, you know, Calvin and Hobbes, which is my favorite, and Farside. But Farside's fine. We're going to close with this cheesy, cheesy thing. Bring the cheese. It's a Thanksgiving. You're going to start. You need to tell me one thing you're thankful for. You just put me in the dumpster. Did I put you in the dumpster? I'll start. I want me to start? I will. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Steven. I'm thankful for your friendship. I appreciate it. It's only been a year and a half. Yeah. Close to a year and a half, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Just about. But like, I don't think we tell men definitely don't tell other men they're thankful for their friendship or whatever it is. So anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Cheers, man. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for your friendship.
Yeah. It's funny. I was going through these quotes of like gratitude and there's a whole list of gratitude for friendship ones. I was like, man, I, I am so grateful. And you know what? I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave the, the viewers and listeners with this. What um, viewers? Where are they? Well, they're viewing us right now. They're oh. voyeurs. Maybe. Oh. And so to, just to, to come back onto the friendship piece of it, when we first moved here, I don't think we've shared this right mm -hmm. on the podcast yet. Mm -hmm. So when we first moved here, we didn't know anybody. My wife, my kids, we, we came here and it was on a whim and it was amazing and it was exciting, but also man who wants to date friends <laughs> at 40 years old. Like it's not something we wanted to do. So I remember my wife and I just sitting and she prayed, Lord, just bring us our tribe of people that we can like have good friendships with. And, um, you know, when we started meeting and hanging out, you were one of my first friends here, if not the, and the first time we met, we went out to lunch and you said, you know, how's it going with the move? And I said, you know, it's hard for my kids. My daughter was seven at the time. I said, and she's having trouble meeting friends because we live in this community that doesn't have a lot of kids and she's not going to school yet. We're homeschooling. So, so it's difficult. And you said, yeah, I, I see that. And we got a call like a week later and you said, hey, why don't you come over? And my daughter's the same age as your daughter and we can have, you know, a little fun time. We can hang out. And I came into your backyard and you had four other dads with four other seven-year-old girls in the backyard. And I, I'm grateful for that level of intentionality. I'm really grateful that uh, God answered my wife's prayer. And it has now turned into a ridiculous podcast oh, and absolutely. amongst other things amongst other things yes. but yeah super grateful for you and your family and for just you taking that moment to say hey they're having a hard time acclimating to this area let's invite them over and make some friends and a bunch of those people still are in our lives today so grateful well, for you, you know and, and your family i appreciate you saying that but you know it's not that hard like we people just need to be intentional yeah and you know from that standpoint you know and i appreciate you saying that I really do. And you've told me that before. But, you know, I think stop being a little bit introspective and myopic. And I call it with my kids, you know, opening the eyes of your heart mm. and just being attuned to what other people are going through the day. I mean, you know, that's how you make people feel special. Yeah. You see what they're going through. And, and by the way, I didn't do anything special. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm saying it was easy. Yeah, for us it was. For you, it was easy. Yeah, it was and that's easy. that's what I think. You know, I encourage you guys to to think about too. Like, where in your life could there be something easy that's so meaningful yeah, to somebody meaningful. else? And we all have that opportunity every single day. It's a smile as we walk through this Thanksgiving season into yeah. the the Christmas season. Like, let's just try to be more intentional about that. And sometimes it just means I need to smack you on the butt on the way out. Ah. You know. Yeah. And now it's weird. No, well, back I... Back to off and wrong, never in doubt. I love it. <laughs> well, hey, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. See you soon. Listeners, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Really, we're grateful for you because without you listening, we would absolutely still do this, but we'd not get as many text messages. <laughs> so we're grateful for you guys. Don't forget to email us at uh, offandwrongpod at gmail.com. And uh, why don't you take us out? Um, I would just say... I'm going to repeat, joy comes from an attitude of gratitude. Thank you, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. See ya. Thanks for joining us for this special Thanksgiving episode of Off and Wrong, Never in Doubt. I hope you and your families enjoy your Thanksgiving wherever you are at.